you know, talking about the idea of institutions and authority, I mean, here we are in a modern era pandemic, you know, all these 21st century modernity issues, yet the Bible speaks clear on it. Yes. It's, it's it, amazing. It, we're not blind. Right. We, we're not here reading our instruction book for life going, what should we do? Right. It's very clear. Right. It's very clear. Here's delineated, delegated authority. Here's how you ought to order your life. And here's how, here is your mandates on how to go forward. What are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right. God's the ultimate author of liberty. We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. Hello, welcome to the Bible Nation podcast. I'm Doug Levesque, and with me today are two of Michigan's top cultural influencers. We have Mr. Tony Nash from AZ Business Solutions. And we have Pastor Jason Georges of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Thanks for being with us here today, guys. Good the best here. culture is a Bible culture. It works every time it's tried. That's Amen. right. Uh, all of our books, our podcasts can be found at BibleNation.org. We'd like to hear back from you. Well, we are going to talk about the news of the day is vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. And really, you could put anything in front of that, any sort of government mandate is something that should be talked about in the culture. Sure. Um, not just when your party's in power. <clears throat> Both parties um, abuse power at different times. And um, But this vaccine mandate thing is really splitting the country, dividing us, and um, creating a lot of havoc. And uh, parents are upset, schools are upset, and, well, you just wonder how this next school year is, uh, is going to go with these vaccine mandates. So I thought we would discuss this. There's so much information on this that we're probably going to do this in a two-part series. So we're going to yeah. roll through our, our normal 30-minute podcast, try to find a stopping point, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back. And I thought it would be good to uh, end the whole conversation on talking about God's mandates. In right. other words, we're not against authority. We're not against mandates. Um, but talking about God's mandates, and in particular where they conflict uh, with society's ideals society's yeah. mandates and try to bring it about um you know in a positive way because the people that are particularly struggling what should i do well you shouldn't go out sell everything you know slit your wrists overdose don't do that don't quit yeah don't quit that there's no mandate to do that there's a mandate to live to live free and uh, i think even though we're living in this stressful uh society that's um counter structural to all how we think and believe and it seems to be getting worse that we still can have victory we can survive this babylon mm -hmm. we can thrive in this babylon and we can win this thing i think mm -hmm. we have to maintain that sort of <clears throat> victorious spirit greater is yeah. he that is in me than he does in the world amen the bible says and so i think you um, wrote a book about that right i, I did i did okay surviving <laughs> shameless this, plug yeah, surviving this babylon sir. by dr no, we'll, douglas yeah, we'll plug it we'll plug go it. to biblenation.org and get it today yeah it's surviving this babylon yeah. The big line on the front. Thank you, guys. Um, this is why these guys are on the podcast, because uh, they like me. And because we're two of Michigan's top cultural influencers. Top cultural influencers. <laughs> yeah, um, these, guys, you know these guys like me when I'm in the room, and, uh, and then, but they also know the things not to like about me as it's well. So. a badge of honor that we yes. carry. Yes. Uh, you know, what's interesting about this topic, though, is it has really woken up everyday Americans. I mean, there's... There's people that were probably asleep in their apathy, mm -hmm. apathetic about things, didn't care, don't, don't, just don't mess with my life. Yeah. Right. And the, seeing 
who is engaging. Not, you know, we're not having overwhelming engagement, still a minority voice, but the types of people who are being stirred. Because now we're getting close. Mm-hmm. It's, it, the, the noose of authoritarianism is tightening. And now it's starting to touch some of those things that we hold precious, you know, our yeah. children, our everyday way of life. And yeah. we're seeing these infringements. And it's good to see there's some people saying, you know what? No. Right. No, there's a, I don't have to just accept this. We just uh, recently had uh, Stand Up Michigan and some others host a um, rally, an anti-vaccine mandate rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily it was for healthcare workers up front uh, at the Lansing Capitol. And it was one of the largest rallies. I think the largest rally this year. Yeah. And, you know, normally, yeah, people, I mean, a 700-person rally. Um, my, my son is a Michigan State Trooper that works at the Capitol building. And yeah. so they kind of delineate. That's a large rally. Nobody ever gets to that number. And this okay. was probably 4,000 people, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe more. And, um, and it had people out for the first time that were just from a conservative spectrum or something. It had people that that I think probably lived and even voted left, but were saying, hey, listen, you can't mandate my life, mandate my job about sticking something in my arm. Right. And, uh, and so that, that was neat you know, to hear their perspective. They're coming at it from some different ideals, different perspectives, but everybody had a say there. And there was, there was a unity you know, against um, man, vaccine mandates there. And so I thought that was interesting. And I don't necessarily think that it's, it is a minority. I, I think the minority is the press, elitists, um, whether it be in medical community, you know, mm-hmm. CDC, insurance, mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals, et cetera. They control the information. Politicians, yeah, uh, media. And then people who, who, you know, run the smallest councils, run the, uh, you know, school boards and things like that. City they council. Just, they just, that. you know, yeah. ha- are sitting on a power trip and like, how, do, how can I be perceived as more reasonable than the next guy? Well, I... Th- I think that goes to uh, going back to the last week's rally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are kind of against that whole idea of showing up and standing at the Capitol and holding up signs and rallies. And I've been involved with Stand Up Michigan for the last year and a half, and I've been able to go around to dozens of these rallies that yes. they do. And of course, the media always portrays it as the caricature of the redneck that's out there holding a Confederate flag right. and is racist. And right. I've got to meet a lot of these people. And one yeah. of the things I've noticed is that the majority, the overwhelming majority of these people are just good old everyday blue-collar yeah. Americans that wanted to be left alone. Yeah. They didn't want to get out and scream and protest. They, they, they'd rather just go to work every day, spend time with their families, right. go up north on the weekends. But what's happened is they've, they've watched the LGBTQ movement mm-hmm. and the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. and the CRT movement and all, and all of these Antifa movements that are loud and screaming and they're getting their way and they're winning and their policies are getting pushed forward. And these guys are starting to think that if we don't get loud, yeah. we're going to be the silent majority. And, and, and so, really, this particular rally, and I think, I think if, you, if people go on Stand Up Michigan, what's the website? StandUpMichigan.com. They could probably get information or see some video. The, the whole video, uh, the whole rally is videoed, and it's on Stand Up Michigan's yeah, YouTube and you channel. See, and so tons of professionals. <clears throat> there was elected officials, um, uh, state judges, you know, legal experts. Doctors, surgeons, nurses, health professionals, respiratory professionals, and most of the crowd was was generally that. They're the ones that organized this yeah. and then brought in you know everybody else. Also, there was a lot of college kids that spoke and said, if these colleges are going to mandate these things, then we want our money back because we paid our tuition and 
this is this was not in the contract that I signed. Right. So there was there was high school kids as well. There was kids on their way to college that were talking about that, and a lot of parents are saying, you know, I don't want another year like we've had in the school year. So that that was another big factor uh, that was there. And so it was a, it was a mixed crowd: young, old, male, female, black, white, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hispanic. Everything was there. Professionals. Um, you know, anytime you have a rally, people are just going to walk in with a sign. Right. I think I saw a sign that said, Cadoba's not real Mexican. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you, you know, in times where there's we have a rally, an expert here. people, it, people got it? something to say about it. But, um, but one of the signs that I saw there, and this is a good segue, is was on this Nuremberg Code idea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, um, you know, the Nazi party took over Germany. The, the German people capitulated because they were afraid not to. Um, you know, they were, they were decent folks, but they just turned their back, turned a blind eye, wanted to get along, that sort of thing that we have going in society today. And so you had real evil take over. And, of course, they used uh, pharmaceutical companies and medical ethics and experimentation uh, across society, handicapped people, and then, of course, Jewish people. And uh, they said they were, you know, doing it to help humanity or whatever. And then, of course, in the Nuremberg trials, it turned out these things were just absolutely animalistic cruel uh barbaric i mean like something you would you would read in antiquity mm-hmm. and um and so in the nuremberg code besides just you know war crimes of war criminals they came up with this code that has become after the hippocratic oath the de facto uh, medical ethics position in the world and and you know in any country you go to they know what the nuremberg code is and so i thought we would read through that quickly to talk about medical ethics and see how you know, the culture is accepting something that elitists are not necessarily based on science, right. are, are trying to push through. And, you know, comparing people to Nazis is overdone. Everybody does it left and right, so I don't want to do it. But this, this really is, is putting vaccine mandates in that same arena. Um, so the Nuremberg Code of 1947 says permissible medical experiments. The great weight of the evidence before us to affect that certain types of medical experiments on human beings, when kept within reasonably well-defined bounds, conform to the ethics of the medical profession generally. In other words, there's always got to be some experimentation of procedures or drugs or whatever. <clears throat> the protagonists of the practice of human experimentation justify their views on the basis that such experiments yield results for the good of society that are unprocurable by other methods or, or means of study. All agree, however, that certain basic principles must be observed in order to satisfy moral, ethical, and legal concepts. So this is a um, moral, ethical, and legal statement about medical ethics. Number one, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. Okay, so nothing can be forced upon you through That's societal it. pressure, through That's medical it. pressure, through insurance pressure, through whatever. Um, shouldn't happen. I mean, just the idea of, of um, you know, the doctor always saying, that doctor's office and hospital, have you had your vaccination? I mean, they just, uh, you know, universal uh, pressure that might not be in any law, but it's in practical standard operating procedures that aren't law and they are actually breaking law. Well, and this, it's, it's yeah. a, go ahead. this particular vaccine has not been approved by the FDA yet. So it's really not even a vaccine. Not yet. even just this one. None of them right. <laughs> have been FDA approved. Right. Um, so <clears throat> the per- so the protagonists of the practice of, uh, I'm sorry, let me go back down. This means that a person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint 
or coercion, any form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. This latter element requires that before the acceptance of an affirmative decision by the experimental subject, there should be made known to him the nature, duration, and purpose of the experiment, the method and means by which it is conducted, all inconveniences and hazards reasonably to be expected, and the effects upon his health or person which may possibly come from his participation in the experiment. The duty and responsibility for ascertaining the quality of the consent rests upon each individual who initiates, directs, or engages in the experiment. So the people that are doing this aren't taking that responsibility at all. People right. who are putting this in their arm don't know what's going on. Well, and we've redefined consent. And so that, that idea of what it is to give one's consent <laughs> right. and the idea of um, from what, you know, the legalist would say, or the law person would say, well, that's, that's conscription from government. But yeah. with social media now, we're able to force people or put pressure on them by different avenues. Right. So it's not just the government agent showing up at your door, knocking and saying, you must take this injection. It's the culture, society. it's economics, it's social media that are putting that pressure mm -hmm. on people. Now, what's evil about it is the government is the one fueling that yes they're they're in well, we say they're, we say the government but <clears throat> experts from say the cdc are are really the same people at the top are tied in with the who the world yeah. health organization which is absolutely a global communist organization and so whose bidding are they doing and then the cdc is just laying it out um uh you know, the, so, some of the information and everybody just looks to the CDC like it is the expertise or Dr. Fauci as they are the, the you know, the experts or whatever. When in reality, you know, humans are fallible. Uh, human motivation gets twisted and turned. Um, the people that would create the fix sometimes then are invested in the problem because yeah. they're financially invested or power invested or whatever. They have everything so to gain. <laughs> Um, so it says that, you know, those conducting the experiment have a personal duty and responsibility, which may not be delegated to another with impunity. Hmm. So in that regards, the who, the CDC, Dr. Fauci are guilty mm -hmm. in that regards. They are like at the Nuremberg would say Nazis yeah. in, in their practice. I think people feel that, you know, they feel, they think yeah. it, they say, it, but they feel it. So <clears throat> that was the longest one of these. Let me just read the rest because they're very short. Number two, the experiment should be such as to yield fruitful results for the good of society, unprocurable by other methods or means of study, and not random and unnecessary in nature. Right. Number three, the experiment should be so designed and based on the results of animal experimentation and a knowledge of the natural history of the disease or other problem under study that is the anticipated results justify the performance of the experiment. Number Which four, the experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. Number five, no experiment should be conducted where there is a uh, priori reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur, except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects. I like that one. Mm -hmm. uh, doctors, you get under the knife. Um, number six, the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. Y you know, the fact that 99.8% of people who get this are fine. And then that this experiment is claiming 99.9%. Yeah, CNN put out which a is, graphic. Which is all of it's false. All the stats are, 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 you know, inflated and everything else. But, I mean, 
this is not a pandemic a pandemic by those figures number one that doesn't compare to any other you know reasons of death and the result the response is tyrannical there's another podcast out there about well, that a cnn put out a graphic on social media that kind of went viral said 99.99 percent of all people who get the vaccine have not had have not been hospitalized or have had a you know a negative reaction right. to it and so and it said source cdc well if you go to the cdc website which i did because i was curious and you look at in the united states how many people have had covid 35.8 million mm-hmm. okay how many people have died of covid Six hundred seventeen thousand. if you do the math there that means that 99.98 percent of all people who got covid without vaccination survived right and did not have adverse reactions right. so yeah the math infinitesimal. is there so, <laughs> so so if it's all there what are we doing it's it's the interpretation of or it's the motivation of this is a grand experiment exactly it's a social experiment beyond a medical experiment number eight says the experiment should be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons the highest degree of skill and care should be required through all stages of the experiment of those who conduct or engage in the experiment number nine during the course of the experiment the human subject should be at liberty to bring the experiment to an end if he has reached the physical or mental state where continuation of the experiment seems to be to him to be impossible. In other words, you ought to be informed. It ought to be responsible. You ought to be able to say no. During the course of the experiment, the scientists in charge number 10 must be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage. In other words, the doctors should be prepared to terminate this. If he has probable cause to believe the the exercise of the good faith, superior skill, and careful judgment required of him, that a continuation of the experiment is likely to result in injury or death uh, to the experiment subject. So <clears throat> you can go online, Nuremberg Code, you can read that yourself. We are in violation of standard medical, ethical, legal, moral procedure mm-hmm. in this whole process, and that's why it shouldn't be a mandate. Right. I'm for freedom if people want to treat, have some medical treatment. People use bee stings, you know, people use... Uh, whiskey, lemon juice, and aspirin, whatever, whatever you want to do for, for medicine, you know, you're you're free to do it. Um, you know, we had, uh, marijuana was illegal. People went to jail for it. Uh, but now it's legal and people use it for medicinal purposes. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there was a lot of experimentation in that, (laughs) but it was just, people were loud enough. Undocumented. What's that? Undocumented. Yeah. Undocumented in that. So, well, I thought we should go through um, a few headlines and just talk about then kind of the, the politics yeah. of, you know, there's always a politics in everything. Well, well, I think it's clear to note that, and I don't think any of the three of us are necessarily anti-vaxxers. Like, right. We're not against vaccines. Right. It's just this, this particular vaccine yeah. is, uh, has all kinds of red flags. Right. It got rushed in right. by President Trump, who most people who are for the vaccine hate in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but everything just seems like it's not there. And so there's some hesitancy to say, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm okay if you want to get the vaccine. Yeah, right. I'm just not sure if I want to get it. And that should be okay. Prior to this whole exercise, you know, it was a big thing with, with parents, moms, you know, whatever, uh, with what you'd call anti-vaxxers. Because, you know, the nature of vaccines, the companies doing vaccines, the money involved in vaccines, uh, the interchange i mean some people you're getting a vaccine that's from india which doesn't have the same procedures as the united states has mm-hmm. created a problem where people were doing statistics and saying you know almost all these autistic kids mm-hmm. um had signs of autism after vaccinations right because of the levels of mercury or the levels of heavy metals that were in these vaccinations and so you know you didn't have a perfect base in this experiment 
And so right. prior to this, there wasn't a big trust in, in vaccinations. And, you know, they were say, you know, the, the, back, back before all this, 70% of moms were concerned about vaccinations. Right. You know, 30% said no, but 70% said, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I just get it so my kid can go to school. Right. So they're not getting it because they're concerned about their kid's health. They're getting it so their kid can go to school, which is just social ambivalence, yeah. you know, to, to go there. But that's also the flip side of social media. I right. mean, why are these moms now concerned in this modern era? Because before, to see the side effects, you, you never saw the aggregate of how many people or heard the stories of people with autism and to be able to connect the dots, connecting them with vaccination. And yeah. so that is where networking together and yeah. people could highlight the individual story that then goes viral that then changes a lot of hearts and minds yeah. towards things. So there's that flip side of how this information gets spread. And those were with vaccines that did have FDA approval. Right. We're, we're talking about the vaccines, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, any of these ones, Johnson & Johnson. Right. They are having bad results, and they're not been approved. They've not been approved by uh, the FDA. Right. And, and it's uh, interesting that, you know, last year people were allowed, society... Uh, really uplifted people that had fear of the virus that took precautions by wearing masks, staying indoors, social distancing, all those things. That was kind of lifted as an honorable thing because of the fear that they had. And now people that maybe have fear or skepticism of the virus, that's not okay. You're allowed to fear this, but not that. And it's just the double standard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look at some of these, um, the time that we have left, let's look at some of these, these headlines um, from uh, the independent Rand Paul blasted over damaging anti-COVID rant telling Americans to resist the CDC and stop wearing masks. Well, you know where that author uh, comes from, right? You know where that paper comes from. Yeah. So Rand Paul is blasted. That's, that's the word for damaging anti-COVID rant. And that's where most people stop. Yeah, resist the, the CDC and stop wearing masks. So you can tell because here's another one um, uh, by Mediaite. Uh, the headline is, they can't arrest us all. Rand Paul implores defiance of COVID mandates from petty tyrants in wild rant. So it's much different tone in the headline. So what, depending on what headline you read is characterizing your COVID response or how you view anti-vaxxers or anti-mandates. You know what I'm saying? We're not against vaccines, but we're certainly against this kind of mandate, which is more politically driven. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but... You know, thank God for the senator from Kentucky. He's been one of the sole guys to ask tough questions to Fauci um, and, you know, almost accuse him publicly, kind of giving people the idea that, hey, this guy's in the know, he's sharp, and he's questioning Fauci, and he's putting this idea that Fauci's not altogether legitimate. He's a physician. Yeah, and he's a physician. Yeah. So, so, yeah, he has, he's, he's, uh, we have a right to ask questions. I want to ask all the people that are coming against him if they ate a hot dog on the 4th of July. <laughs> right right no, exactly no. yeah all the defiant right the july celebrators well no i'm saying is like that's what we're celebrating people questioning the government <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um now other people ron DeSantis, governor of florida right he's um annapolis grad naval officer of considerate uh, comport the real deal done a great job in the in florida with economics everything pro-education guy and yet he said look we're not going to have mask mandates for school and no school can make these kind of mandates it's up to the parent he's basically saying he's basically just saying 
Parents have rights over their children. Yeah, parental yeah. rights. We are. Big Why is that a bad that. thing? Why is that a bad thing? It's but it's but the media is going to put it one way or the other, yeah. and, and leftists are going to put it one way or the other. Elitists mm-hmm. are going to put it one way or the other. Um, but um, Governor DeSantis uh, basically said no school district can do this. So you have a school district being defiant, saying, "Okay, we're going to put this mandate out." Right. And so DeSantis is saying, "We're going to defund you." Now, I wish that I wish we had fifty governors like right. that, you know, who would <clears throat> say that and then do that. So. You have school boards being lawless, if that's, if that's the term you want to use, or being defiant, if that's the word you want to use. The, the school board's going to listen to the CDC over listening to their governor. So it's all a matter of who you're listening to, who's the authority. Right. That's what we're, we're, right. we're, we're kind of... That's key. Yeah, we're kind of you know, messing up well, and, society. I mean, and there's an example of good governance. There is one institution, the institution of government, mm-hmm. recognizing the institution of the family. Yes. Right, saying, exactly. I don't, that's not my realm. Right. I don't have that authority. Right. I have authority here, but that has authority there, and I'm going to recognize God-ordained, delegated authority. Yes. Authority comes from God, yes. and it's delegated through these institutions, yes. right, government, family, and the church. A, and, and a government, the institution of government, is still has a mandate to obey God and serve God. And so when we're like, okay, do we, we have a mandate to obey Caesar, right? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but render unto God what is God's. And so where government goes against the mandates of God, then we're to obey God rather than man. So the Bible is right. very clear about that. And so you have the differences in society, and these differences in society really come down to God-fearing yeah. perspectives, God's, God-fearing well, mindsets. Absolutely, and a lot of people would say that, you know, DeSantis, What's the difference between DeSantis making that mandate and somebody else making a mandate for it? And that's the big difference right there is we understand or he understands where that authority of parental control comes from. That's not a government thing. And really, the government has yet to make government mandates. They keep bumping up against it and then coming back knowing that that residual is left over in social media. Uh, And all the big corporations are doing it. And and it's in social media. And And it's also a Rubicon. Once they cross over physically over into that realm. There's no going back. Right. And and I don't know if they're 100% sure what's really going to happen, you know, yes. because people are rising up. Yes. People are. are yeah, because yeah, they're interest. talking about people going door to door. And so they talk about this thing and raise this expectation or this ire and then back off from it and see where society is. Yeah. It is a grand experiment of control it, and power. 100%. Yeah. But, you know, talking about the idea of institutions and authority, I mean, here we are in a modern era pandemic, you know, all these 21st century modernity issues. Yet the Bible speaks clear on it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's it, amazing. We're not blind. Right, we, we're not here reading our instruction book for life, going, "What should we do?" Right, it's very clear. Right, it's very clear. Here's delineated, delegated authority. Here's how you ought to order your life, and here's how here is your mandates on how to go forward. And I would say my organization, Bible Nation Society, is an organization that purposes to try to speak truth to power mm-hmm. in a way that educates them and gives them these perspectives if nothing else at least here's how some of your constituency thinks i think we've done that well but the reality is that doesn't that doesn't connect and people right. do see that as the enemy um this is uh comes from uh fox news affiliate in new york covid 19 boosters right the extra shots some in the u.s getting extra shot without fda approval some are getting multiplicities of shots going around and trying to find the one that works talk about fear of death mm-hmm. you know my my doctor said why are all you uh baptist pastors fat and i said <laughs> well probably because we're not afraid of death 
donuts don't uh, don't, don't scare me. The, the donuts scare don't, scare me, don't scare me. Sort of thing. It's like, listen, if you went and visited your church, because everybody's trying to feed the pastor, you know. But he's the never been to is, a Baptist potluck. People have a, a, an irrational fear of death, and so they're doing everything. They're getting these shots that aren't FDA approved. How rational, reasonable is that? And the fact that the culture's pushing this, um, wow. So, uh, Jason, you had said something about. Um, People get addicted to medical well, treatment. medical procedures. You know, yeah. you have those people that are like addicted to plastic surgery. Yeah. And they just keep going and going and yeah. going. I mean, I, we're going to have a new phenomenon in the next couple of months next year that psychologists will be people that are addicted to these vaccines. I mean, just going and injecting themselves over and over again. And now and the government is allowing them to. Well, and the government's now giving away money every month. And I think they're going to tie it. They're going to tie it to. Mm-hmm. And they might not say mandate. They might say mandate back off of it, but then it's going to be implied that it's tied to this shot. And so people could probably get this money, but then they're not sure. And so they, they do whatever they can do. They don't have to work. They just have to get the shot. There'll be a box on our tax return. That's and that's, that's this Nuremberg Code, why we yes. started with it, because it yeah. is unethical. Um, this uh, comes from Wall Street Journal. Vaccination status has Americans picking sides. That's, that's really yeah. what it's come down to 100%. now. I don't want to pick sides. I don't want to pick sides. We, we talked about this with LGBTQ, but they're, they're forcing a picking of sides. And I, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm straight. I guess you've put me on a side, right? You know, black lives matter. Well, I, I guess I, I don't have a choice. I'm this color. And so you've put me on a side. I'm right. not on a side. Right. Um, but that's what society's doing over and over and over again. And unfortunately it's coming from the left, but the right just capitulates hundred percent, just capitulates to it. And it really comes down to God fears, or man fears it really comes down to that. And I think they recognize that if they keep us all divided, if we're fighting amongst ourselves, yeah. then we're not fighting them and they stay in power. Yeah. And so it's yeah. a grand plan that's working <laughs> gloriously. It is. Uh, here's the AP COVID vaccines to be required for military under new U S plan. Now, just because something's a plan doesn't mean it gets put into action. And yet that's going to get press. It's going to go around and everyone's gonna say, well, if the military is going to do it, I guess we can do it. And the military has always been first in society with things, good and bad. When all the guys went over to the Gulf Wars, they were forced to take these anti-nerve agent pills. Well, then they all came back with Gulf War syndrome, Mm -hmm. where they had nervous disorders, they had skin growths, they had all this kind of stuff that weren't from the so-called chemical, you know, weapons. They were from the the fix to to that. And uh, I've seen that on a personal basis. And... um, you know, it's, it's, it's again, political. It's political. Right. A couple more. Um, here, this comes from uh, RTL today, which is Luxembourg's national paper. Pharmaceutical firms rake in billions with COVID jabs. I was waiting for this article to yep. come out. And yeah. it's funny because Luxembourg is the rich of Europe and it's the people who run the European pharmaceutical country, companies. And, um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this to you. COVID vaccines have brought billions of dollars to the coffers of pharmaceutical companies. Germany's BioNTech, maker with partner Pfizer of the pioneering mRNA jab, raised its vaccine, vaccine revenue forecast for 2021 in its latest earnings report on Monday. Here are the numbers for the companies that publish financial reports. Biggest winners, Pfizer and BioTech. U.S. firm Pfizer and BioNTech got a head start over rivals as they were the first in the Western world to announce positive results from clinical trials of the vaccine last year. They were also the first to get authorization from U.S. and European regulators to sell their shot. 
Pfizer has earned more than its competitors, raking in 10.8 billion, 9.2 billion euros in the first half of this year. The U.S. company has raised its outlook for 2021, expecting to make 33.5 billion in sales for the year. And it goes on. By the way, Pfizer does not require their employees to be vaccinated. Just a little fun fact there. Ooh, I like that. I'll, I'll find the article. I like that. It Last article I thought we'd talk about <clears throat> in this first session is from The Hill. Fauci supports mandates for teacher vaccinations. He supports them. He can't mandate them, but he supports them. So we've got this figurehead mm-hmm. that five presidents have put forward as the chief disease specialist, which you know, what I, you know about specialists, right? You go to court, and there's people who get paid to be specialists. They, they make their earning being specialists, and they go in and they talk to the lawyer, and they go give, you know, they go give an account in court based upon what the case is, mm-hmm. not based upon what's true. I think Fauci's a sellout mm-hmm. in that regard. <laughs> we know that he has money uh, connected and tied in with some of these bio companies. Oh. And, and so it's, it's interesting, you've said this before, Tony, that it's interesting that something that's so good and so necessary for everyone's health and safety that you're, you're bad if you don't agree with it, it's interesting that we have to put money behind it, mandates behind it, lies behind it. It has to have a 24-hour marketing campaign yes. and offer all signs of free incentives to take. I mean, if it's so good, why does it need that type of push behind hey, million it? Million-dollar lotteries, right? Yeah, why, why we give million-dollar lotteries? What more people die of smoking, car accidents? Um, There's a company, and but, I, we, but we're, we're not changing the world for it. So, again, this is this is a, a planned, uh, non-pandemic, tyrannical response for the purpose of changing things on a global scale. Yes, on a global scale which actually the Bible talks about right. isn't really to be surprising. And so we're not fearful. Amen. We're trusting in these things. Uh, let's close by talking about um, health privacy laws, right? Health privacy laws. You have to sign things, go through all this rigmarole about everything when you're dealing with doctors and health, et cetera, et cetera. And the reality is if you have mandated vaccines and therefore passports or registrations, there's nothing private about whether or not you've had this. Right. Um, and so this is unethical, immoral. It goes against existing laws. Mm-hmm. And it definitely goes against uh, God's laws, God's mandates, which we're going to talk about in uh, the next hour. Part two. In, in, in part two. So let's end. Tony, why don't you make sure that we have uh, up on our screen uh, opportunity for people to watch uh, the doctor in Indiana okay. who gave the most precise, I think, five to seven minute yeah. Uh, COVID response that was medical, factual, reasonable, uh, precise, well-spoken as to why mass separation, hand sanitizer, and even these vaccines are false. Right. They don't work. Not doing what so they're So the response to. is altogether something I reject. I think, I think that uh, COVID is real. I think it probably morphs through animals you know and into humans and and will keep going around keep coming and going around but i also think it's something that's been enhanced by uh pharmaceutical companies or even say chinese government in saying let's let's weaponize this thing uh, so that we can learn how to deal with it 
yeah. you know, sort of thing. And so it's done out of fear and politics and war and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's man manipulated. In other words, from a, from a cosmic perspective, you know, man deserves what they got coming. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible says that the, you know, the fourth horseman is, is uh, going to be pestilence yeah. basically. And, and, you know, we're seeing that to a small degree or the capacity for God just letting go and man have his own way with himself. Yeah. Um, but w- if you would make sure that that gets up sure. on the screen. And yep. so as we dismissed uh, today, that's what we're going to we'll see. We'll end the show with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us for the first hour. If you'll stick around, we're going we're gonna to have a part two, which is our first, first part two yeah. uh, that we've done with this. And we're going to talk about uh, God's mandates versus uh, human mandates or government mandates, particularly vaccine mandates. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Well, thank you for being here with us today. As always, check us out at BibleNation.org. You'll find articles, books, events, and, of course, our podcast. So I want to thank you for joining us. And remember, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven, and it works. Dr. Dan Stock, uh, 5777 West 700 North McCordsville, Indiana. Um, to, to address your comment, gee, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful. And we're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC, who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you. It's been given to the secretary. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies <laughs> sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact, even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to, avoid, to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural history of all respiratory viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter or become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines, and then they cause symptomatic disease. Because they cannot be filtered out and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody that we can handle this like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual 
done the wrong way, which by cannot be done right for a respiratory virus, which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. And in fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra, will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are going to come in the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was going to make all of this go away, but it suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the way, the other thing that would be necessary, any vaccine restriction to be considered is if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital and we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to through one quarter of the population average for the United States. And there are active treatment trials included on that flash drive that this show the same is true. So if you were going to discriminate based upon vaccine, you should also discriminate based upon 25-hydroxy vitamin D level, zinc taste test response, and probably previous infections since there are also studies on that flash drive that show that people who have recovered from COVID-19 infection actually get no benefit from vaccination at all, no reduction in symptoms, no reduction in hospitalization, and suffer two to four times the rate of side effects if they are subsequently vaccinated. Vaccinated. Therefore, the policies that you are basing on are totally counterfactual. I don't blame this board for that because I know you aren't scientists and you thought it was reasonable to listen to the CDC, NIH, and the Indiana State Board of Health. But I would encourage that instead you listen to the people out here in this audience and read what's on that data drive. And if anybody here in this board has any questions about anything on that, I will happily come back and sit with you individually if you would like to explain the science behind this. And if you're worried about being sued by somebody because you don't follow the guidance of the CDC and the NIH, I will tell you have a free pro bono expert testimony at your disposal. I will testify in defense of this board, turning down all these recommendations for free at any time in any court. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.